Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's Precious Metals News. It's Friday, May 4th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Gold looks to be heading toward another weekly loss as the dollar continues to show some strength. As I record this podcast, gold is trading at 131060, silver is at 1646, and the silver-gold ratio stands at 79.84. The Labor Department released its April jobs numbers this morning. The U.S. economy added 164,000 jobs last month. That came in below the 188,000 jobs economists expected. But the headline you're most likely going to see is that the unemployment rate dropped to 3.9%. That's the lowest level since December 2000. What the analyst will most likely leave out is that the labor force participation rate remains stubbornly high. A Wall Street Journal report actually mentions that people dropping out of the workforce is pushing the unemployment rate down, saying the slide was driven in part by the 236,000 Americans who left the labor force last month. When people drop out, they aren't counted in the statistics. More people sitting on the sidelines means a better unemployment number, ironically. An economist at Indeed.com, a popular job search site, reiterated this, saying, We have realized that there are even more workers on the sidelines than we previously thought. She pointed to data showing that more people are working part-time or have been unemployed for a long stretch than we saw during the last expansion. According to the Labor Department, wages grew 2.6% from a year earlier. That was lower than expected. Tepid wage growth will likely keep speculation about the Fed pushing rates up faster at bay. As the Wall Street Journal put it, the sluggish wage growth numbers in Friday's jobs report didn't do much to inspire bets on a hawkish Federal Reserve. Analysts consider low wage growth a sign of tepid inflation. A year-over-year increase of 3% in hourly earnings is considered the tripwire that could prompt the Federal Reserve to raise its benchmark interest rate more aggressively than it is signaled. The Federal Reserve finished up its May meeting this week. As expected, they held interest rates steady, and most people interpreted statements coming out of the Fed as pretty much status quo. There aren't any signs that the Fed will move to ratchet up rates more quickly. In fact, there was a statement about inflation that was pretty interesting. They used the word symmetric in reference to inflation. According to Bloomberg Markets, officials may have signaled their willingness to allow inflation to exceed their 2% goal somewhat by adding a reference to the symmetric nature of their target. In other words, this could signal a willingness to have flexibility in terms of this 2% target for inflation. Since the Fed is using a 2% inflationary target as an absolute trigger for rate hikes, yesterday's statement signals a broader interpretation of inflationary pressures, giving them more flexibility. And of course, the Fed wants flexibility. I think they know they're playing with fire and pushing up rates. The economy simply can't handle higher interest rates. In an interview on CNBC Futures Now, Ron Paul called the Fed the plunge protection team. He's right. The central bankers don't want to be held to that 2% inflation target. They know inflation is going up, but they also don't want to have to push rates up too fast. So they're creating some wiggle room. By the way, Ron also said the stock market is destined to go down, perhaps by as much as 50%, even if the Fed tries to keep the air in the bubble. As Ron put it, eventually the markets rule. 
He said, quote, the fundamental reason is that we've had too much printing of money, especially since 1971, especially with the QE. So everything is artificial. There are big bubbles. The real reason is overspending debt, monetizing debt, and most recently the QEs that distort things. So there has to be adjustments, and that requires unwinding a lot of this. In other news, the World Gold Council issued its Global Demand Trends Q1 2018 report this week. The headlines focused on demand being at the lowest first quarter level in a decade, but the report wasn't nearly as negative as the headlines might make you think. The WGC described demand as soft, and it is, especially investment demand. Investors added to their holdings of gold coins and bars in the first quarter, as well as gold-backed ETFs, but at a slower pace than in 2017. Total global demand was down 7% year-on-year, coming in at 973.5 tons. There were some bright spots in the report. Gold demand in the technology sector marked its sixth consecutive quarterly gain. Jewelry demand held steady. And not all investors are spurning the yellow metal. I'll get to that in a minute. China, Germany, and the U.S. drove weakness in bar and coin sales. Global investment demand fell 15% to 254.9 tons. The WGC said range-bound gold prices have undermined investor interest. For the last several months, we've seen the price of gold locked in between about $1,300 and $1,360. Demand in China, the world's largest gold market, was down 26% year-on-year. The number is partly a victim of comparison. There was extremely high demand in the first quarter of last year as investors worried about the strength of the yuan. Those concerns have eased as the Chinese currency has increased 9% since March 2017. Even with the large drop year-on-year, the WGC called Chinese demand relatively healthy. Demand was also off in India, falling 13% a government crackdown on unaccounted income and increased surveillance of retail investors put a crimp on Indian gold sales. The WGC described the U.S. physical gold market as, quote, mired in the doldrums, unquote. Golden coin sales came in at a paltry 3.7 tons. U.S. Mint Gold Eagle sales fell 59% year-on-year in Q1 2018. The sluggishness in physical gold sales here in the U.S. is a continuation of a trend we've seen since President Trump took office. Last year, Peter Schiff speculated that a lot of Americans who normally buy gold are Trump supporters, caught up in unwarranted optimism. So they're not buying gold, they're buying stocks instead. He said, I think they're making a big mistake. They should be selling their stocks and buying even more gold. While investment in gold has dropped off in the U.S., Europe, and China, it's not down everywhere. In places where political and economic instability are more obvious, people are buying gold, and lots of it. For instance, gold, coin, and bar demand in Iran soared 250% to 9.3 tons in Q1 as investor concerns over worsening Iranian-U.S. relations and the prospect of currency controls fueled a flight to gold. Demand also spiked in Turkey, climbing 160% quarter-on-quarter and 47% year-on-year. A 10% inflation rate has motivated investors in Turkey to move into gold in order to protect their wealth. Here are a few other highlights from the WGC report, and I'll link to the whole thing in the show notes page. Jewelry demand held steady at 487.7 tons. Growth in China and the U.S. compensated for weaker Indian demand. Central banks bought 116.6 tons of gold. That was up 42% year-on-year. 
Russia, Turkey, and Kazakhstan led the way, together buying 91 tons. Technology demand rose 4% to 82 tons. It was the sixth straight quarter of growth in the technology sector. Just over 32 tons of gold flowed into gold-backed ETFs globally, but North American-listed ETFs actually added 38.4 tons, which was offset by outflows elsewhere. When I was growing up, my mom often told me the crowd is rarely right. Right now, the crowd isn't very interested in gold, at least not here in America. I think you can make a case for applying my mom's wisdom here. In one of his podcasts this week, Peter Schiff said we need to be on the lookout for the mother of all busts. I'm going to link to that episode on the show notes page. You should definitely give it a listen. We're now in the second longest recovery in history, and I'm using air quotes around recovery here because, as Peter put it, it's not really a recovery. It's just a bubble masquerading as a recovery. At any rate, technically speaking, the Fed has been able to engineer the second longest recovery in history but it's required the most amount of stimulus in history, the biggest amount of deficit spending, the most amount of money printing. And of course, busts are normally proportionate to the booms that precede them. So this might be a good time to take my mom's advice. Don't follow the crowd. Call 1-888-GOLD-160 today and talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist. They can help you figure out how you can add gold to your portfolio today before the crowd rushes in. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes for free. There's a link on our show notes page. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week.